I can confidently say like with our clients, we haven't necessarily seen that as much. We've seen the vulnerability, I think, of the market being a little bit more up and down than we have in the past. I think we've seen tracking be the biggest issue more so than anything else. But results wise, I don't know that I could confidently say that iOS has like made this massive impact on results. Welcome to the Ecom Profit Podcast. I'm your host, Dawn Sinkula, CEO of Digital Dawn, and I'm so excited to be here with you today. Here on the Ecom Profit Podcast, I open Pandora's box and share with you and other ecom business owners weekly topics that will help you explode your business online. I outline my tried and true secret sauce, the D2D method, that's guaranteed to bring your business results. As an entrepreneur myself, I try to pull out all the same entrepreneurial passions in others. So get ready to be fired up about your business and let's have a great time. Welcome to the Ecom Profit Podcast. Welcome to the Ecom Profit Podcast. I'm your host, Dawn Sinkula, and today we have media buying experts here ready to talk about things happening during fourth quarter, trends that will be happening in the online digital marketing space, and all things that you need to know to help you grow and scale your business. Alam and Daniel, welcome to the show. Let's have you introduce yourselves really quickly. Daniel, why don't you go first? Tell us a little bit about your background. We were just talking before the show. How long have you actually been in this space and media buying, and we'll start there. Yeah, yeah. So I'm Daniel. I've been working with Dawn for what, Dawn? Four or five right. years now? Four five, five years? Five years. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I've been in the digital marketing space really since about 2014, I think, best I can remember. So we're, uh, you know, getting close to 10 years. As far as just the the media buying, I probably, I probably bought my first Facebook ads in 20. 16, 2015, 2015 or 2016. So, you know, eight, nine years. So you've been doing this a while. Specifically you've seen, on Facebook. You've seen some things. You've I have seen, seen a lot of things. Yep. You've seen some stuff. Okay, yep. Alam, introduce yourself and, and give us your background on how long you've been doing this. Hey, everyone. Uh, Alam here. So, um, well, just to kind of add to it, I've been working with you, I think, since 2018. 21 or something? 18. 2018 is when I think you first came on, like, kind of part-time-ish uh -huh. okay. and then Longer more full-time couple yeah. years. Yeah, I know. Okay. Well, we had a whole lockdown in between that, which blurs the lines, right? Um, I, I think I put my first ad on Facebook around 2012-ish. Uh, this is, you know, back in the day where you could run ads almost, you know, it was, it was crazy back then, right? You could just do anything almost. Um, yeah, so I've been almost just over 10 years now, I guess. So I've also been, well, I've had Digital Dawn, the agency since 2014. Um, media buying started right about that 2016 timeframe, I think, as well. Um, 15 or 16, I think a, a lot of us were in the same initial groups where we started learning about media buying. And that's kind of how we knew each other, got to know each other in a lot of different ways. It's kind of a small community actually of online media buyers. It's not as big as you think, but we've all been doing this for quite a while. And so the reason I bring this up is because I want our listeners to recognize like 
we have seen at this point now some of the most profitable, and we're going to stay, stay with Meta specifically, Facebook, Instagram. But we've seen times where you put a dollar in, you get $5 out. We've seen the world of iOS where everything kind of went to shit. And now we're kind of on the other side of it. And so the the conversation today is really about what we're seeing now and what we potentially could see in the future. But we've basically seen it all at this point. <laughs> Wouldn't you agree? We have run the gamut of, I mean, and it's, you know, you almost... I feel like I've almost kind of learned that anytime there's mass, I'll do finger quotes, panic amongst digital marketers about something, listen to it, but don't panic. Like, right. We are here. There are so many people that two years ago would have said that we would not be doing anything that we're doing right now on Facebook. And we are, right. you know, so. I kind of look at Facebook as like your 401k, like something that you should put money into, but don't look at it every day because <laughs> it's going to make you crazy when you watch it going like this all the time. I kind of think about it like that, like the trends of, of meta are so inconsistently consistent that it makes people crazy. Yeah. 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 Sure. I mean, that, that's a good analogy. I, I mean, here in the UK, we don't have 401k, but I was running ads for one of my one of my cousins, right? And one thing he was asked before was for a daily report. And I tried to explain to him is you don't make decisions on daily KPIs. Like he right. had this like the, the solar ads mentality and with media buying is completely different. Right. You look at buckets of three days, seven days, fourteen days, etc. Right. Everyone right. would turn off your ads if you looked at it on a day-to-day basis. Like you know. <laughs> A hundred percent. Yeah. hundred percent. You would yep. go crazy. You would go crazy. Okay. So, you know, I've heard a lot of people say, you know, post iOS, things have not ever been the same. Right. And that, you know, I can't get my ads to work anymore or things are just not like they used to be, but I can confidently say like with our clients, we haven't necessarily seen that as much. We've seen the vulnerability, I think of the market being a little bit more up and down than we have in the past. I think we've seen tracking be the biggest issue more so than anything else, but results wise, I don't know that I could confidently say that iOS has like made this massive impact on results, but more so on the ability to see whether your ads are working. Would you agree or disagree? Alam, you want to go first? Yeah. I mean, I, I would agree for the most part. I feel like initially there was a few bumps in the road. Yeah. Uh, mainly with attribution and tracking. Like we had campaigns where like Facebook meta ads manager was off by like 80%. But I feel like it just drove the point home where you need to look at the source of truth and look at alternative tracking options. However, having just said all of that, um, Facebook has kind of got their shit together. Can I say that? Um, you can. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and, and, and it's drastically improved. It's drastically improved. Um, yeah. Still not perfect, but it never has been. And, and you should expect that right? anyway. So cross-referencing with your source of truth is always important. Yeah. Daniel, thoughts? Yeah, I would say, I would I would agree to what both of you are saying. I think it's kind of, obviously, it's great to be able to look at an ad and know down to the number exactly which purchase came from each ad and campaign and ad set and audience and all those things. That's great. We can't do that as as well right now, but we all that also is not reality. Like right. that is not how consumers buy things now. So it would be great if we knew that every customer 
clicked on this ad and then that was the first time they thought about it and then they purchased it and that's it. That's the whole story. It's just not now. Right. So you always have this battle between platforms like, well, the, the, they saw my ad and now and then they purchased. So this is attributed to that. It's forced everybody to look more holistically at their ad spend, at their performance of their ads of each channel, and then also their business as right. a whole, you know, their lifetime value, all these things. So yeah, it, it would be great for us to know exactly where each per the full story behind each person purchase. We can't do that as well because of iOS. That's not really reality anyway. So that's fine. Yeah. And good businesses are with good products are still getting great performance off of yeah. meta, you know, like right. uh, it's changed. It's also become more competitive. Like I think, I think that because there are more people that are good at Facebook ads, like you, you just have to do good work and, and, yeah. you know, use good products and, and all that. But, you know, it still works great. It, it does. It just, it still well, it's great. still the biggest platform on social media as of today. It, it's still the most used platform of any social media platform that's out there. So TikTok is a close second, I think now, and, and is definitely giving it a bit of run for its money, but there's still 3 billion people using Facebook. So when people say, oh, you know, it's kind of tapped out or I feel like, you know, the, the, the landscape has changed so much that it's not really worth my time and effort. I always think, well, I don't know if that's exactly true because when 3 billion people are still using the platform, there is an audience out there for you. You just have to find it, right? Yep. And it's not just, you know, people say, well, but my audience isn't on Facebook and if your audience isn't on Facebook, then your audience isn't online at all, honestly. Right. Like, yeah, that's, there are more, maybe more young people in different platforms, but there are so many people of every demographic on there. Right. And, uh, those young people get older eventually and join Facebook. So. Yeah. Right. And like, the, and you know, before, like you said, Don, before we started talking, like Facebook has been around for so long because it is so good at, at adapting. And right. now with the way that they push reels and stuff, that's obviously a little bit geared towards the TikTok style, the young person stuff. Right. So right. Uh, your people are on Facebook, safe to say. I think one of the things that are, you know, it's really challenging. We talked about the source of truth a little bit, and I get a lot of questions about what is the source of truth and, and where do you go to find the source of truth? And there's debatable, you know, do you do Google analytics? Do you use third party tools? What, you know, what is really the source of truth? And I think at the agency, we've sort of geared ourselves towards triple whale a little bit for our e-commerce clients as the source of truth. And I think what I would say when people, you know, struggle with the attribution piece, they don't oftentimes have another tool or set up a way for them to have a source of truth. What's your thoughts about, you know, using Google Analytics versus a third-party tool, so on and so forth for the common user? I mean, you know, most people are are just trying to figure out if they've done this right. You know, how, how do you do that? Or what, what are some ways that you might recommend? Yeah, Google Analytics is great if you know how to set up properly. And even yeah. though it's a simple platform, it's very complex to set up properly. It goes over my head even now. Yeah. Um, I think with something like Triple Well, and they obviously have free really now, which is the free option. Yeah. They just do everything for, for you. You plug in Shopify, you plug in Facebook ads, and when we say Facebook, we mean Meta, right? So yeah, um, including Instagram and so on and so forth. Um, you plug in, you know, Google Ads, and they just curate 
all the KPIs that you could, you want, and then you could pin your your most important KPIs to the top. It just relieves a lot of that kind of it does the, it does heavy lifting for you. So yeah, Google Ads is great if if you have someone who's an expert set up for you. We've got you know Google Tag Manager, all of that fun stuff. I just feel like the way way we have it, just it kind of removes a lot of the stuff that is not needed, and we get the source of truth all in one dashboard, and we can just see exactly what's happening when we need to have when we need to see it. Yeah, Google Analytics and Google Analytics for GA4 kind of changed some of that piece as well, making things, the, the intent was to make it less complex. And I think it confused mm-hmm. people more um, in a lot of different ways. But Triple Whale being sort of our internal team source of truth, more so for our Shopify clients versus anything else, I think has been probably the best. But having something, I think, to use as your source of truth, Google Analytics, Triple Whale, there's Hyros, there's, you know, Wicked Reports, there's, I mean, there's tons of third parties, but having something that you're consistently looking at is the key because what we can say confidently with iOS is that the tracking off platform or on platform is not accurate. And so having something else, so if you're just using Meta as your source of truth, you're going to make decisions incorrectly because of some of the things that you can or cannot see. Agree? Yeah. The the thing I would add is that like, you have to have the understanding now that the attribution answer can only be so good. Like you can't have the perfect thing. So, you know, a lot of times if people haven't done this for long, all they want to focus on is what's the row as of each ad and each campaign and each channel. And I understand the desire to do that, but you kind of need to step back a little bit and say like that return on ad spend is that's just new customers for the most part. I mean, obviously some from existing customers, but that's not that that's just one piece of the full picture. So in addition to trying to find the source of truth for how your channels and how your ads are performing, you also have to understand on the, the bigger picture of, you know, how much am I spending? What is my total revenue? How much is each new customer costing me from any channel, right. you know, total organically ads, podcasts, whatever. Right. And then you can start to drill down and look at attribution. But I do think that a lot of, a lot of people spend too much time on attribution instead of just saying, I yeah. know that it's somewhere between, like it's, it's more, it's better than this and it's worse than this. It's somewhere in this window. Let's take that now and apply it to our bigger, big picture strategy. So right. The source of truth is a little muddy now. So you just have yep. to do And that's kind of what we do is we look at, we know it's better than this and worse than this. And then we watch trends for everything. And then you yep. can kind of start to correlate what we think is worth investing and all that. So. Well, yeah. we know, we know that it takes now, I, I think the latest statistic that I heard is that it takes somewhere between 10 and 12 touches for people to actually purchase something from a business online. So that means that, you know, people have to see your ad multiple times and they're most likely going to see it in multiple places through multiple different avenues. And so saying that meta is the source of truth to your point, Daniel could be incorrect. You could be, you know, bringing somebody to you from a podcast initially, and then they see an ad and then they see this and then they get an email and then they go through the, I mean, it takes a lot to get somebody to buy now versus even in the past, it was like, oh, hey, you know, this is a new company. They're, you know, one and done or two times and you got to purchase. Now it's a lot harder because there's a lot more competition in that space. Plus I think 
there's just a lot of noise on who's legit and who's not, right? Yeah, it also kind of depends on on the price of the product too. Too, like, yeah, agree. You know, like if yeah. you have, and a lot of people, this is where you know you, as a business owner or a media buyer, you have to make sure that you're applying the right information to your situation. Like if you right. hear a podcast and somebody says, "Yeah, for my business, it takes twenty-seven touches for somebody to make a purchase." Turns out they're selling a couch that's four thousand dollars on Facebook. You know, right? If right. you have a business where you're selling a forty dollar product up front. You might be able to get a sale in two or three touches. Yep. Good know, point. So it's like, it just, it just depends, you know? Yeah. yeah. Well, I think when we, we transition our, our topic here a little bit more to fourth quarter and shopping behaviors and things like that specifically, let's talk a little bit about that diversifying of, of ad placement within the ecosystem of meta and, and that type of thing. So, you know, there's various platforms We've got our Facebook, Instagram shops, all these different things. Do you feel like fourth quarter is the time to kind of diversify placement within the meta realm? Is it a time to be trying different things, to, you know, go kind of going out on a limb? Or is this the time where you kind of hunker down and do what you know has been working the most? I think the only two things, new things that you should do is if you're running offers, obviously you can't run them all year round. You do that. and you increase budgets because it does get more expensive. So on average, I think it's like 15 to 20%. You get similar amount of results, but it's just a more expensive time to be running that. So you just have to expect that. Um, I don't think you should go crazy trying something outrageous. Do you think there's specific places or specific platforms or ad formats on Meta specifically that like will yield higher engagement during fourth quarter? Do you think that there's there's different you know strategies that we won't see? that work as well during first quarter, second quarter that we do see during fourth quarter? No, I, I think it'll be the same. Personally, Daniel, what do you think? Yeah, I think so too. I, I think the biggest thing is to have diversity in your ad account and let yeah. Yeah. the market conditions are going to change. We can try to predict how they change, but we can only do that so well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Where What Facebook is so brilliant at still is predicting who is going to purchase when. And it doesn't get talked about that much, but it's such a giant part of Facebook ads. So for me, if somebody asked me, well, for this business, how should I structure my campaigns? And it's it's always an answer of you need to give Facebook options. Yeah. You need to let Facebook use its machine, use its system, and then you need to give it a few different audiences to try. And you need to give it a few different versions of creative. So some images, some like still images, some videos some reels, some gifts, you know, mm -hmm. and, and then let it distribute it. Yeah. Sometimes it, it doesn't do great, but most of the time Facebook knows better than we do. And so that's what I would say. And, you know, hopefully uh, for the year coming up to this point, you've been able to see which images work best and which yeah. gifts work best and which videos. And then you give it to Facebook and you say, distribute as yeah. you see. And sometimes it'll go, it'll spend all of your budget on images for a little while and then it'll start feeding mm -hmm. it to the videos and it's just based off the opportunity like i think we saw with ugc you know ugc was so so crazy popular for a while yeah and mm -hmm. especially ugc on like stories and reels and for a while those placements were really cheap well now what's happened is that since so many people focus on video that you know there's a little more opportunity for cheaper placements with images sometimes yeah. 
Right. And it's not even the images convert better. It's that there's, there's more space for them. You know, there's more real yeah. estate there. So, and the only way to, to take advantage of that is to give Facebook options and let it adjust, you know, trust, but verify, keep an eye on it, of course, but like, mm-hmm. yeah. just watch, we'll just, just give Facebook options. Yeah. There's one of our clients that had that mentality and I decided to split videos UGC from images and the images are just killing video right now. And yeah. it's just, it's cheaper to run on them. They're converting higher, more sales, more revenue. So yeah, hundred percent. And that's crazy. Oh, one because, thing, I'm sorry, go ahead, Don. Well, I just was going to say that's crazy because if you'd asked maybe six months ago or a year ago this time, we may have all just said, video is where it's at. UGC content is where it's at. That's what you need. You need more UGC, all that kind of stuff. So, you know, the, the, the ups and downs that we talked about at the beginning, I mean, those are the trends and the things that you've got to be able to test in. And I, I would say it's not probably the best time to start testing all of this stuff during fourth quarter. Would you agree or disagree? I would just because, I mean, it's more competitive and it's, um, it's more expensive. So you're, you know, when you test, you're always balancing the stuff that works and the stuff that doesn't, you see yeah. what works and what doesn't you decrease yeah. the stuff that doesn't you increase the stuff that does. Right. Well, when things are more expensive, uh, the stuff that doesn't work is going to cost you more money. Like the oopsies, not really oopsies, but you know what I mean? Like the stuff that just doesn't work, mm-hmm. yeah. it's going to cost, cost you more. So yeah. definitely shouldn't be just like, trying to blaze all sorts of new trails yeah. this time of year this is where yeah. and, and, and ultimately black friday is, is is you know your your the time of the year where you might have your biggest day kind of thing right. so you don't want to waste time testing on your potentially biggest day of the year kind of thing so right. just what works do that again with the new offer whatever and and go from there yeah and well, don and you I- asked like you asked specifically are there things in q4 yeah. To what Alam just said, specifically with Black Friday deals, you know, people are now so trained to get on Facebook and see mm-hmm. what uh, what what deals are out there today. So, yep. you know, this is where the old advertising saying of clear always beats clever is definitely true. For yes. Black Friday, you don't have to get super clever with your ads, like a text ad that has clearly what your deal is, the terms of it, click here, go that's really appreciated and works really well because it's super direct and people are ready to buy, you know? So that maybe needs some consideration. Well, and I don't think, you know, for, for me, I've, I've given this advice in, in the past is like, if you aren't running Facebook ads before fourth quarter, it's probably not the right time to start it it, for the first time, because one, it's expensive Two, you're going to be doing a lot of testing and you're not going to have the results. So, you know, I think for a lot of clients that come to us and say, oh, you know, it's November 1st, I'm ready to start running ads. I'm always like, probably not the best time. I mean, you could put some feelers in there. You could, you can get into the game for sure, but like doing a lot of budget testing and different things like that for the first time, I don't think is always a a good idea. Would you agree or disagree with that statement? Because I know some people just want to throw their, you know, product out there, see what happens and, you know, they're okay losing some money, but I don't know if that's a really good strategy to take during fourth quarter specifically. I would say if, you have a budget that you're okay with kind of quote unquote burning through, go for it. But if you're limited with your budget, not yeah. a good idea. Not a good um, idea. Yeah. And if, if when you do have a budget, you might want to try with kind of existing audiences, existing customers first to see if that works. 
foregoing kind of code. Got it. Yeah. Okay. I want to go back to the, the creative conversation for just a minute, because I, mm-hmm. this is one of the things that I've seen maybe with audiences and creative change, maybe more so in the last year than I have in the past. Right. So audiences being, um, you know, we're not able to, to break them down as like thoroughly as we used to because of iOS and other things. So, you know, those layering of audiences that we used to do of this and this and this and this, so we could just really target in on people. That's not an option anymore. And creative used to kind of be this sort of, yeah, you know, okay, let's put some stuff up. But if our audiences are really good or our targeting is really good, the creative maybe can be a little less, but that's flipped around now. And it really is all about creative and having enough creative to go through. What are some things that Meta is doing differently with creative over this last year that that's really impacting the way that we're doing ads? I would say, first off, it kind of goes back to that Meta's ability to predict who's going to purchase what, when. Mm-hmm. And Meta goes through your creative and figures out what your creative is about and then shows it to people accordingly, you know? So, and it kind of goes back to that clear always beats clever. Right. If your ad is super roundabout and isn't direct, then Facebook's not going to know what it is as much and it's not going to know who it's for as much. So, you know, just being direct and people like, of course, attention spans just always go down. Like, I feel like we're going to, constant trend for the rest of time of people's attention spans going down so right, right. like creatively yes you have to grab their attention but it has to be clear like they have to know as soon as they look at it what is this for yeah you know so i don't know that that's maybe my best answer right now yeah i mean just to piggyback off that daniel and something you said earlier the, the facebook machine is it's genius nothing else can be said about that and a lot of like you know, kudos has to be given to Zuck and his team because they really did a good job about, you know, who they think will buy, looking at their behaviors of how they act, at their purchasing behavior, all of that stuff. And they they can read your creative, like Daniel said, your copy, even your landing page and your offer. And then when you're clear, like Daniel said as well, it, it will just work. And Daniel, you mentioned about being, um, you know, clear always speaks clever for kind of Black Friday. I would say that's throughout the year, you know, you know. Yeah. Puns are great. They're funny, but it doesn't tell your prospect what the hell you do. (laughs) It doesn't matter how good your product is, you know. So yeah, yeah, be clear. clear. Well, and I think the the machine has gotten smarter over time, right? So we've been doing this now for you know we said between all of us about ten years each or or twelve years each of you know doing media buying, and I think this last year I've really seen the meta machine get super, super smart. And I don't know if it's the introduction of some AI tools, if it's just that the machine over time has gotten better, but being able to find those people based on your creative and your copy versus interest-based is really, you know, pretty impressive. Like it's a pretty crazy thing to think that Facebook can go scan your creative, scan your copy, and then go find people who they think are going to, you know, purchase your product. I mean, it's just crazy to think about it that way. But to your point, if that's not really good, if your creative's not really good, your copy's not really good, 
Facebook can't go find those people. And before you used to be able to force it to find those people through those interests. And now we do broad targeting more so than anything else in a lot of cases. You green? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, with the broad conversation, a lot of times now, I mean, you know, like we said, we want diversity in the account. So we still have interest-based audiences, but, and a lot of times maybe initially they'll, they'll work pretty good, but we always have some broad audiences in there too. Yep. And, it, you know, once Facebook figures out what's going on, a lot of times those broad audiences uh, just not only get to where they outperform, but they can perform for longer, I guess. Yeah. But, yeah. And that that's yeah. like maybe anecdotal, like that's kind of how, how it seems to me after um, yeah. looking at it. I don't know. Have y'all kind of noticed the same thing? Broad yeah. versus interest? 100%. 100%. Yeah. yeah 100%. But that, that don't going back to what you mentioned about Facebook, the machine reading your creativity, it, it's super kind of nitty gritty. Like it even reads, if you've got a, a person on there, it reads, you know, the background of the person, are they African-American, are they Caucasian, are they a, Asian? And then more likely to deliver to buyers you with that demographic. And so, you know, like Daniel said, have give diversity to your creativity. You should also give diversity on your on the models you choose and, and so on and so forth. Yeah. It's, it's very clever. It's very clever. Yeah. Yeah. I saw a bug. I think we've all talked about this. This has been like two, three years ago now. I saw a bug that was going around where instead of showing, like when you're on your Facebook feed, you saw an ad and instead of seeing the actual creative, you saw the the machine's interpretation of what that creative was. And it was like something super specific, like a boy playing throwing a lacrosse ball with a rhinoceros or something, you know, like, so it wasn't just like, it wasn't just like human playing soccer. It was like right, right. very specific. And it was instantly able to read exactly what that creative was. Yeah. So, you, you know, it's not like you have to say, this is an ad about soccer. It's like, it's so good at reading that what's on a video, what's mm -hmm. in your copy, all that stuff. It's incredible. Yeah. yeah. I think I think talking about bugs, you've given a lot of praise to Meta on it so far. I think we yeah. need to dial it back a bit. There has been a lot of bugs on the platform yes. in the recent weeks and months. Yeah. Uh, most recently, uh, we're recording this in in October, but so just like you know, you before started. I think it was two weekends ago. Facebook was delivering uh, ads without the creative; it was just the copy. So that obviously affects you know everyone's ads the creative is you know it's, it's attention it's a scroll stopper it's the attention right. wrap right so when you don't have that you're going to be burning through money i'm not sure if facebook charges the same probably won't refund you <laughs> what they spend we'll each get a nickel we'll get a nickel we'll get a refund. penny back for our time yeah, in right. like march of next year <laughs> yeah <laughs> so yes that is it's not all roses and and whatnot. No. there has been some big bumps and hurdles uh, but I think overall, we, I think we can all agree that it's a platform that, you know, it's it's great for small businesses and, and startups and, and so on and so forth. I think Meta, you know, like any other SaaS tool is going to have bumps, right? We're going to have things that are going to go. I think we just feel the impact of them bigger and more so when, of course, we've got, you know, client money into it, our money into it, that kind of stuff. It's hard to you know, go, oh, well, that was just a bump, you know, and a lot of people see those sort of things. And then they pull way back and say, okay, it's not working, or I'm going to turn my ads off. And that to our earlier point, it's like, let it go adjust, be watching, don't let it burn through money. But just because that happens doesn't necessarily mean the platform is 
you know, not going to work for you anymore. I mean, it's a machine. It, it has glitches just like anything will. It, it's going to have things that are going to impact your ability at some point. It just will. Yep. 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 And I've kind of come to realize that that's going to happen during fourth quarter more so yeah. than any, because yeah, more sure. people are in there, more people are playing, the money's bigger, they're changing things. It's just, you know, it's crowded and noisy. And so yeah. I think that's the case, but still to the point of, you know, Meta being the platform of choice, I, I feel like, you know, we were talking before we started recording, like if you'd asked any of us, if this is what we would be doing now at this point in our careers or in our lives, the, the concept of having a small business be able to sell millions of dollars worth of products across the world, it just never was even something that people could form a reality around. And so yeah. I think we just need to keep in perspective sometimes that for small businesses, all social platforms really used properly will help you grow and scale your business if done appropriately. Meta is just our preferred choice at this point, but it still is something that if you had a brick and mortar building, you would never be able to get in front of this many people for the price that you're paying for it. Even in the most expensive times, you still couldn't pay to have someone come in from Australia and buy your product in your brick and mortar store. Like it just would yeah. never happen. Yeah. So mm -hmm. it's just an amazing, amazing platform that I think a so lot of times faster. we get it's so much like faster, it's so much faster for a business to like, to, to validate what's a good offer. I mean, we, I, we could take a new business and run ads for three to six months with z literally that has never sold anything take a new business. And in three to six months, in my opinion, you could run ads and you could say, you have a product that's, yeah, there's demand or you should probably you pump the brakes. Whereas you think about 20 years ago, 30 years ago, you're going to buy, buy building or rent a building. You're going to get inventory. You're going to put up billboards, radio ads. You're going to build it and they will come hopefully. And that's all you, that's all you can do, you know? Yep. Yep. So and you yeah. wouldn't reach anybody outside of your city or, or right. state or yeah. barely even be able to get, you know, within a 25 mile radius. I mean, you'd, you'd be mm -hmm. really happy if people were coming from, you know, that far around. And so I just, I, I bring that up a lot with clients too, because I know people get frustrated or even potential people that are thinking about doing Facebook, they get frustrated by it. They hear the horror stories. They've heard, you know, I've burned money. I haven't made it so on and so forth, but using it holistically as part of your overall business plan, I think is an important piece and understanding that there is no other platform or tool out there that will allow you to grow your business as fast and as efficiently as paid media at this point. Now we, we can look at this in five years and I'm sure there'll be something different that maybe we'll all go remember when we were talking about meta who knows but i i think it's been around a long time i don't see it going anywhere and i don't see it really fading into the you know distance but i i just it's amazing that small businesses can grow and scale at this level with such a small amount of money um it's just it's amazing yeah, yeah 100 we, we we just got a testimony from one of our clients who you know sold over a million dollars with us and if they didn't have something like what we were doing, they how would they Never sell would their have. course kind of thing, right? How would they sell their course kind of thing? So, right, yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's amazing, yeah. right? We have we have client after client where I I think to myself, if you were in a brick and mortar, there's no way 
you'd never be where you are right now, or you'd never be able to sell it like you're selling it at this point. So, yeah, that's kind of like the idea between, you know, what businesses perform better on Google and what businesses perform better on Facebook. Like, you know, if you sell an everyday mass product, like a a pot, some pots and pans. Yeah. People it's in their head. Okay. I want to cook. I have a new house. I need to get some pots and pans, Google stainless pan, whatever. Like there are certain clients like the one all I was referring to where Mm -hmm. it's, 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 there's part of their business model. That's like, people don't even know it exists. They don't even, they don't even know that that is something that's a thing, you know? And, and with Facebook, you're able to kind of say, Hey, you know, did you know, and then this is a thing now that right. you know this, we have the thing for that, you know, right. right. So it's, yeah, it's like, that, that can, like, to your point, Don, that can never happen in a brick and mortar store, Never, you know, unless never. you're in a giant, one of the biggest cities in the country and you had some prime real estate in a mall and in a thing yeah, and then something yeah. like that for sure. Right. But yeah. for, for most businesses, and even when I consider, you know, small scale business. I mean, we're talking businesses doing over a million dollars. That's pretty unheard of in small business land, right? Across, you know, but there are more business owners, right? In such a short, in such Mm -hmm. a short timeframe. And there are more and more business owners now that are crossing over that million dollar mark than there ever has been, at least in the US, ever has been. And that's, I think, solely because of the ability to get onto paid media platforms and be able to sell their things, TikTok shops, you know, Facebook shops, all sorts of different types of shops and, and be able to use ads as their preferred method. I mean, I think it's just, it's crazy. So all that to say that I think we, you know, we're all big fans of Meta, obviously not perfect system, not a perfect tool, but we are definitely fans of paid media as it relates to helping businesses grow and scale. Any final words that you want to share as we sort of wrap up to encourage people to either try it or continue on as as they think about paid media? Yeah, I mean, if you think you've got a good product or, you know, whether it's physical or a course and you, you know, you somehow qualify the product in your market and then you have, you know, you implement marketing 101, you know, be clear, not clever, run ads, run ads. It will perform. It's just your product needs to be good and then your marketing needs to be good and then ads will definitely work for you. I have no doubts on that. Yep. Yeah. Agreed. Daniel, any the, final the, thoughts? The piece of advice I'll give is is maybe not as much around ads. Obviously, that's what we do, and we see everybody focusing on ads. But if you do like going with all them sequence of proven good product that sells, marketing one hundred and one, organic sales, ads. Then after that, if you stop there, your business most likely will still not be successful. Like right. Yes, ads, yes, all those things. But then if you do not focus on the lifetime value of those customers after they make their first purchase that comes from ads, it's going to be really hard to be profitable Yep. long-term. So look at everything holistically. Ads are a giant, giant, important piece of it. But make sure you're also then treating those customers like you would want to treat real people. You know. retaining them. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, she's, we could do a whole podcast just on retention uh, yeah. of clients because I so agree with you, Daniel. That's one piece that people, I mean, we have, we have helped clients break over that threshold because of that lifetime value 
mindset, right? Like we, we have helped clients with email marketing, text message marketing, follow-up, you know, bundling, upsells, all sorts of different things, second purchases, all, all sorts of different marketing strategies that you can use to help that lifetime value. And you're absolutely right. That's where the profitability comes in. Um, and the profitability, you know, obviously is where I love to focus my time and attention because I think that's really what makes a strong, healthy business is that profit, um, obviously. And I think a lot of people forget that. So that's a really good point And one that we should, uh, come back and have a conversation. I'll put that on my list. For sure. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for your time. I, this was amazing. Super helpful. We could talk for hours and hours about all <laughs> yeah. things. I know we could, um, but thank you guys for your insights and perspective. And um, if you have any questions, as always, we have the ability to reach out to the team. If you have any follow-up questions that you want to have answered, um, reach out and we will either do another podcast on that topic, or we will um, get you into our email system so that you can get those answers. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you like what you've heard, I'd be so grateful if you'd leave a review. And don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. If you'd like to see if you're a good fit to work with the Digital Dawn team, head over to digitaldawnagency.com forward slash contact and let's book a call. Thanks so much again and until next time.